I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Draft day, Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, friend of the show, multiple-time guest, he is the go-to man for all draft stuff, which is the day. It's today. It's draft day today. You know him as Mavs Draft on Twitter. Richard, what you got for me? Man, I am excited both for the draft to finally happen and also for this process to be over because I would never wish this, like, 18-month period on anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the, for for the the draftees, like the draft prospects, this has to have been the longest, weirdest thing um, because you can't do in-person interviews as much. You can't do the normal draft process and they have to wait for all this time, right? Like you were alluding to. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, I mean, by the time June comes, like they're probably exhausted already. And then they had an extra five months. <laughs> I was listening like to <laughs> I was listening to a lot of those uh player interviews. They had the media, you know, the players were available to some media. And one of the questions was, is this the longest you've been without playing organized basketball? And they're like, Yeah, obviously. The longest before this was maybe a month. <laughs> and now it's been, you know, five or six months. And they've done, I guess, some pickup games and stuff here and there, but without actually playing organized basketball. It's, it's pretty wild, this whole process. So on today's show, uh, Richard and I are going to talk about the draft, obviously. We're talking about what to expect tonight in the draft for the Mavericks if they keep the pick. By the time you listen to this, we're recording this way too early, by the way, <laughs> 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. So if something happens, which it always does, uh, just know that we're recording before this. But if, if the Mavericks keep 18 and 31, we're going to talk about who the Mavericks should be expecting at that range, talk about the rest of the draft, uh, but before we get to that, all kinds of rumors and stuff. The Bogdanovich trade happened after we finished recording. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Drew Holiday trade, the Robert Covington trade, go listen to yesterday's show with me and Isaac. So we're going to get into all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. All right. Let's get into some of these rumors and actual things that happen. So Bogdan Bogdanovich gets signed and traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. They now all of a sudden have this. Some people call it a super team. I think it's just a solid, like, good team with some, like, couple fringe all-stars. Because Chris Middleton, not really an all-star player, but when he's with Giannis, he becomes an all-star, right? Because he's he gets that extra. He's like a Mo Williams all-star. He's probably better than Mo Williams <laughs> was, but he's he's right about there. So they yeah. ha- they now have... Bogdanovich, Giannis, Chris Middleton, uh, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez they kept as well. So that's their five. And coming off the bench, they literally only have, like, Thanasis, right? <laughs> Giannis's brother. That's kind of the only guy off their bench right now, at least signed. So um, what did you think about this trade for the Bucks and about this whole Bucks new team? Yeah, so I uh, I was very close last night to doing my Bucks team preview for the draft. Uh, something told me just not to submit it. And I'm very thankful that I didn't because I did Portland like an hour before theirs. Um, it's it's crazy. They paid a lot. They're going all in on Giannis, uh, but they need depth. They're they're top heavy, and I love the top though. It is an outstanding starting lineup. 
yeah, that top five is is really, really good. And it works pretty well together. You're losing some stuff defensively, you know, but you're also kind of getting it with Drew Holiday. Between Holiday, Giannis, Middleton, and Brooke Lopez. Like, that's a solid, solid, you know, lineup. You also have Bogdanovich, who's going to be, they're going to cover up for him a little bit. And he can create some shot making. There's just some, a lot of possibilities with this team. So, I'm I'm really excited to see how this Bucks team works. We did talk yesterday about how this may be the end of the road for our Giannis pipe dream for the Mavs. What, what do you think about this this idea that Giannis is going to re-sign and that the Mavs should kind of move on from that being their main target? I don't know. I feel like the re-signing thing is kind of premature. Like they still have a, a whole season to play out. Like it could be, it could blow up in their face. Anything, like, I, anything not, could happen. I'm not giving up. <laughs> Anything could happen. And also, that doesn't mean Drew Holiday is going to resign, too. I mean, if they get Drew Holiday in a year, I think that would be a real positive outcome, too. It wouldn't be Giannis, obviously, but it would still be a good thing. And we've also said that there's all kinds of free agents that are going to happen a year from now. So it's not just Giannis or Bust in 2021. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened with the Bucks. Also, the Rockets, there's all kinds of rumors and stuff. It seems like they're going to move off of James Harden, but they're playing real hardball right now. They, at least from reports, they are trying to get – you know, a bunch of draft assets. They saw what Drew Holiday was traded for. They saw what, um, you know, some of these other trades have, have gone off for. And they're like, hey, we want in on that. If we if we have this guy who's a top five player in the NBA, we should get a young star and all this other stuff for him. And so uh, what's your thoughts? Is Harden going to be a rocket by the time the season starts? I think he's gone. Uh, I never thought I never thought he would be leaving Houston, but I, I really think he's gone. I think the ownership and all that, the changes, it's just too much. I think he's gone. Yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully I, this doesn't blow up in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything can happen at this point. But I, I always thought that if Daryl Morey was there, that Harden would stay. But now that Daryl Morey's gone, I mean, it's it's all different, right? It's just the calculus of it has all changed for them. Uh, and if Harden's requesting or demanding a trade, at some point you have to. Uh, I guess they could go into the season with him, but then the longer they, they hold on to him, the less his value becomes because his contract's running out. He has People are saying that he has three years left, but he really only has two years left because he has this year, next year, and a player option. And so the player option, if he really wants to leave, and by the end of those two years he wants to leave, he's gone. So the, t- the clock is ticking for them, which is wild to think that all of a sudden that their timeline is just completely gone. We're, we were thinking at the end of this past season – Man, the Rockets, their timeline is dwindling with Westbrook and Harden. They're aging. It seems like they're past their their window, and now their window's gone, <laughs> right, because they could be trading. Uh, they also apparently have had discussions with the Wizards about a Westbrook and Wall trade. I, that doesn't even – I mean, that doesn't even make sense. That feels like a trade that you do in fantasy, like just to do a trade, right? Like, I'm bored. Let me just trade <laughs> Westbrook for Wall. I'm not even sure how that would work. I guess that – my guess was that the Rockets would get some assets back for Westbrook. In that kind of a deal. And I don't, I think Westbrook and Beal is actually not that bad of a combo. Uh, you're lacking defensively, but that team was lacking defensively anyway, and Wall wasn't even playing for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't mind that deal, I guess, but it just seems so kind of out there. Yeah, and you would reunite uh, Scotty Brooks and Russell Westbrook too. <laughs> right. <laughs> reunite that group so the other rumor that's going around is that the hawks are trying to get gordon hayward there's been some talks mostly just by fans and some media people that the mavs could be interested in gordon hayward or could the mavs be interested in gordon hayward i'm not sure about that what would you think about the mavs getting gordon hayward that doesn't even it kind of interests me but i man unless it's a victor oladipo i'm not really interested in a guy that's super injury prone to be you know for the mavericks to be kind of relying on at this point yeah, he's the injury scares me a lot. Uh, ideally, another wing creator like him would be nice. 
True. But is Hayward really the player you want? Like, I, I just, there's a lot of concerns with him. And he was good before he got hurt in December or something last year. But um, I just, I don't know if he's necessarily the guy you want. Yeah, we, we've seen good and bad from him. So I just, I don't know what he is, right? Um, yeah, maybe. And he's and he's older than, than Victor Oladipo too. So if you're trying to compare those two as like, oh, this guy's also injured all the time too. Well, yeah, but he's, you know, Victor Oladipo's younger. I think that he can come back from an injury a little bit easier. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sold in that kind of deal. And he's moving back his, his deadline to pick up his options. So there's something happening there. And we're not really sure what that is. Apparently there, it seems like they're trying to wait to do something after the draft or, you know, around the draft so that his deadline is, is then they can figure it out unless they don't get a deal done or something. But I think there's something happening there to the Hawks. I guess that makes sense for them, right? To have a you know, playmaker veteran, they get him and they get Rondo. Those are two decent veterans to have, around i mean maybe not decent as far as people wise with rondo but <laughs> some some decent options to help uh you know be veterans and next to trey young and john collins and all their they have such a young team yeah i mean they're probably going all in on being and i mean this in a nice way i don't you know this phrase is generally negative but they're going all in on being like a seven or eight seed which if they want to keep trey young long term with clutch and everything uh i feel like they've got to match or they feel like they have to match what Dallas is doing. Uh, just, I mean, there's got to be some pressure internally to be winning games right now. And if they can go and get Hayward, like that's a winning player for that team. Yeah, that probably makes them a playoff team, I think. Yeah, in the East. Depending it, it on puts what them kind right of that conversation. Yeah, depending on what kind of Hayward they get. So, and depending right. on what some of these other teams do, if the, you know, it doesn't seem like the Wizards are going to trade Beal, but. Um, one of those t- one of those teams can drop out, and some- every year somebody gets injured, and that team drops out. But all right, coming up, we're going to talk about the draft, get into it, the nitty gritty, talk about eighteen and thirty one for the Mavericks, and talk about the top of the draft, who we think is going to go number one, all that kind of stuff. It still seems up in the air, which is wild. This is the longest draft process, and we still don't really, really know who's going number one. That's just wild to me. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do. The NBA draft is finally here. It is tonight if you're listening to this on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, I'm not really sure what's going on with you. I guess you could listen to this on Tuesday, too, if I get it out fast enough. But the draft is finally here, and the Lockdown Podcast Network will have a live draft coverage show on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, it'll be on Lockdown Live, so go follow at Lockdown Live. It will be the only place that you can find Chad Ford. He is the draft expert for the Lockdown Podcast Network. He will be there on draft night talking about all the trades. Join it. Chad Ford, Brad Roland of Lockdown Hawks, and David Locke, my boss, for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft anywhere, featuring analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Follow Lockdown Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, and get alerts as soon as they go live. It should start about 745 Eastern or 645 Central. So there you go. Locked on live. And also, Built Bar. Oh, man. Built Bar is the best. We love some Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar we've had. It's a protein bar that really tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're great if you're trying to watch your weight, but you also want to indulge in something that tastes good. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for a keto diet. For example, the peanut butter, 19 grams of protein in a bar, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. That's exact. Those are the numbers that you want. Those are the stats that you want. That is like a three and D of a bar, right? You have the, it keeps the, you know, the offense down on the other side by defending with the low carbs, keeps the, uh, keeps the offense going on the perimeter with the calories and the protein. It's got all you want. It's got everything you want in it. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code lockdown. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code lockdown for 20% off at builtbar.com. 
All right, Richard, let's get into the draft. Your name on Twitter is Mavs Draft. Who are the Mavs going to draft? <laughs> uh, that's a tough question. I, I really <laughs> wish I knew. Uh, I, the best way I would say it, there's three, uh, three avenues they could go. So the first is they stay at 18. If they do that, I would expect them to either be trading that after the draft uh, or they take an international player. So Leandro Bolmaro comes to mind. Yeah. He's a two-way playmaker. Um, he's really, really special passing the ball. Uh, just needs to really work on the jump shot. But he's raw. He's, I think, 19 years old. He's pretty far away from being ready. He said he wouldn't come over uh, year one. Then there's also the the idea of them moving up, which I think is the most realistic route. Um, and that's probably packaging 18 and 31 to see however high they can get in the lottery. And I think as the draft does get closer, the lower that the value of uh, the picks that they would be moving up for gets. So that's ideal for me because there's a lot of guys that are just going to be top 10 players that slip. I don't think the top 10 players go top 10. And the other avenue is they maybe, maybe they do just stay at 18 or they trade out. Yeah. I think that, I think they have talked about some trade up options. We've heard from, you know, Brad Townsend's article with with Donnie Nelson that every team has inquired about the 18th pick, which may be a little bit of a posture, but I think that they have options and have have things. So if they trade up, there's definitely somebody that they're targeting that they want for sure. They're not just going to trade up just to trade up. <laughs> um, you know, who are some of those trade up targets? Do you think that the Mavericks should, um, you know, target? We've talked a lot about Sadiq Bay, Aaron Neesmith. Uh, is there somebody else maybe or maybe it's just those two guys that they could trade up and really be targeting? Yeah, so I know uh, this disagrees what I'm about to say. These two guys completely uh, goes against everything mock drafts say, but I'm I don't think any mock draft is going to be accurate this year, myself, my own included. Um, I would say if two guys, I think one of these two falls, and if either of them is there at ten or eleven, you have to be on the phone doing everything you can to get them. Uh, the first one, Devin Vassell mm. from Florida State. Um, I think he's a generational defender. Ooh. He has almost no flaws on that end. He needs to add a ton of weight, but he's already a lockdown defender. He's so smart. You just can't teach what he does on the defensive end. He's a day one. He impacts defense. Like, I mean, he's going to be that guy that changes the team's defense. Um, and he's decent what? on offense. Like, What's the sorry. deal with his jumper? I mean, we all saw the video of, of Devin. <laughs> so, so like shooting, in a, just a really weird shooting motion. What's What's the deal with that? I don't think it's anything different. I'd never liked his jump shot for him. I loved it off the dribble. I thought it was nice off the dribble, but he cocked it back behind his head even in the regular season. I just don't think a lot of people necessarily noticed, but it was exaggerated. It was worse than normal, mm. but it wasn't like completely different like a lot of people made it out to be. Yeah, it just it maybe just the angle too, right? You're seeing it from a floor level where it's more pronounced than if you're seeing it from the, you know, the sky like broadcast view of a college game or something like that. So maybe it's something like that. But offensively, is he is he anything more than a 3 and D type guy or you just think he's a, you know, spot up shooter? Yeah, so it's hard to say. The offensive role is pretty team dependent. I think he could do a lot in Dallas, especially like when Luca's off the floor. Uh, he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's someone that you don't have to worry about making a stupid mistake, turning the ball over. Um, he's just he's kind of just sound and he's kind of there and he's a great off ball. And for an off ball minded offense, uh, I think he fits well. Yeah, this is a this is a player that Isaac and I really we're interested in, but we just didn't think that the Mavs would be able to get up there. So we haven't done a profile on him or anything. Right. But uh, yeah, a trade up target that would be an, an excellent one, Devin Vassell. So if they trade up, uh, what do you think about trading up for Sadiq Bay? Are you in on Sadiq Bay as much as we are, or are you kind of out? It seems like some media people are kind of out on him. So I'm torn on him. My comparison has always been Wesley Matthews. 
uh, just which version of Wesley Matthews. Six, eight Wesley you know, you Matthews. Get, <laughs> yeah, you get you get Portland Wesley Matthews if he works out, uh, which obviously would be great. Uh, but there is, I think, a chance because he just doesn't do a ton outside of shooting and defense. And even then, his defense isn't like he doesn't force a lot of turnovers, which is always I don't want to say a flag, but it can be, you know, it, it, it lowers your ceiling defensively. So it's it's a little bit tricky on that front. Uh, but I think he's got an unbelievably high floor. He's going to stick around for a while. He's just not the sexiest pick. Yeah, which, hey, we're in the process of just getting some solid players, right, that can definitely help on defense. So maybe if Sadiq Bey is not as generational of a player, you trade up to get Devin Vassell instead, who is a generational player. What do you think about Aaron Neesmith? We've talked about him a lot. What's your take on him? You know, offensively, we know that he shot, you know, 50-something percent from three his, his sophomore year. But defensively, what is something, what is, what, what can he bring to the Mavs? Yeah, so he's outstanding shooter. Uh, I have a lot of reservations about him just because of the sample size. And yeah. I don't know what he brings to the table when he's not shooting the ball well. Um, I mean, like if we're going back to the sample size. He shot 34% last year on five and a half attempts per game. And that was a closer three point line. Obviously, he got better as a shooter in the offseason. Like, so you can't compare it. But I wonder what he would have looked like with a little bit of a regression. You know, like I, I personally and a have full Desmond season. Bain as, yeah, I personally have Desmond Bain as the best shooter because of that. Like Bain mm. did that similar production for three years. Not like 50%, but I mean, he's still 45 three years in a row almost. Yeah, like if you combine, you know, Neesmith's two years. Yep. Uh, yeah, Desmond Bain, that's been your guy. I mean, when we first had you on, that was the guy that you really wanted the Mavs to target. It seems like he's going to be available in that range, at least if we're taking mock drafts to be, um, you know, to be true. Um, could the Mavs target him at 18? And, and if they did, let's say they just drafted him, would you be like ecstatic about that pick? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy. Honestly, he's not even my number one choice, but, uh, just because, I mean, I've seen him and like he brings exactly what this team needs. Like the way I look at it is if you put him in Justin Jackson's role and replaced Justin Jackson with him, the Mavs got a, and this is not a jab at Justin Jackson. I do not mean it this way, but like Justin Jackson was what? 29% from three this year. There's no way Bain goes below 35%. That alone is just in a world of a difference offensively. Yeah. And he would make the layups in the open court. He would, <laughs> he doesn't have the floater Jackson has though. So the, the generational all world floater. <laughs> Yeah, I just reminded so many Mavs fans about those couple Justin Jackson layups that he missed that we were all so mad about. Sorry, everybody. I know I just ruined your day. Started to talk about that. Uh, who's your number one target then? Have you mentioned him yet? No. Uh, so Josh Green, if the Mavs stay at 18, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty big on him. I know the intangibles are kind of questionable with him, um, but he's he's got an In what way? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Uh, he, I, I just heard he's mentally weak is the knock oh. on him. Uh, I don't know if I was even like, I don't know if I'm technically supposed to say that, but like, I, I guess I did, but he, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the, the mentality is kind of a question mark. Um, it's always, it's always I, something I, really I hard know. to judge. Yeah. And especially cause like, I'm not talking to the guy, you know, like personally. Um, but if you look at what he does on the court, like my favorite thing about him is he never gives up on a play. There's a game where he was down, I think they were down nine or 10 with two minutes left. And he was hounding the ball handle like it was the last possession of the game. Like, you just don't see that. And the game was pretty much out of reach at that point. And he was still going like it was, you know, the most important possession of the game. So I'm in, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's just kind of what teams look at is just the mental makeup. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Josh Green is somebody that seems like in a lot of like media mock drafts, he's a guy that he's a wing that ends up with the Mavs because he's there. 
uh, either Desmond Bain goes higher or something like that. He's like one of the last wings that ends up. Uh, that's the one we really wanted in the lockdown mock draft. But we ended up with we ended up with Tyler Bay because we traded down. Uh, we ended up gotcha. trading down to twenty five. What do you think about that pick, by the way? Yeah, Bay is a really interesting guy. So, Pac twelve defensive player of the year, freak athlete. I think he had like a forty, almost forty five inch vertical. I want to say it was in the forties. It was like forty three um, and a half. But yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, he's 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 the ideal small ball five. Uh, that the Mavs tried running with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Like if you made Michael <laughs> Kidd Gilchrist a top seven or eight rotation guy, that's that's Tyler Bay. That's what you're getting. And at least he has a decent jumper. Right? Yeah, a lot better form. A, a usable, a usable form. jumper. Yeah. <laughs> He's scared to shoot a lot, but he can he could potentially shoot. Um all right, coming up, we'll talk about some more about the overall draft, talk about maybe targets at 31 and who Richard is looking at. We'll talk about all that coming up. All right, Richard, let's talk more about this NBA draft. So targets at 31, If what are the options do you think for the Mavericks and where do you think that they should go with the 31st pick if they keep it? Yeah, uh, 31 is honestly harder than 18. I mean, they both have like 50 ways they could go. I'd say the three guys that I would target based on what like I think will realistically happen would be Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Elijah mm. Hughes, and swing for the fences, go Dan Oturu for a big man. Interesting. I don't know anything about him. What's his What's his deal? Yeah. So, so my favorite stat to introduce him would be uh, there's I think four or five players that have played in high major since 2009 that averaged 20 and 11, 20 points, 11 rebounds per game. Um, Dan Oturu, DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley, Alan Williams, who we're just going to pretend doesn't exist for this part, and then Blake Griffin. <laughs> so, like if you hey. average that, and there's been a lot of them that are mid majors. Some of them don't always work out, but Pascal Siakam's another. Uh, mm. Very similar progression, I think, where Dan Oturu is so raw, he doesn't really know how to play, but he's mad productive. And I think you can always work with someone like that. What's his game like? He's a he's six ten center, but what's his what's what yeah. is? So he's he can he can drive. I think he's got a really good first step. I think he's a good athlete. Uh, that's kind of debatable on Twitter, depending on who you ask. Um, like I said, raw feel for the game, but kind of shoots. Uh, athletic, I think, moves well on the perimeter or moves well enough and great in the pick and roll on offense. Mm. Which you know the Mavs love, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Love, love a pick and roll center. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, that was a guy that you were really in on. And as I did some draft prep, that was a guy I was like, man, why is this guy not going any higher? But I, you can tell that he's a guy that would really fit a role on a, on a good team well, but he's not a guy that you want to tr- you, you rely on if you're a bad team trying to get good. Right. I completely agree. And he was the SEC player of the year. Um, based on draft talk, you would never know it. You would think Tyrese Maxey was it, but yeah, he was just so much better. And the, the thing for me with quickly is I think, you know, every year there's Kentucky guy who breaks out. Everybody thinks it's Maxey because he's the highest rated guy. And it very well could be. Uh, my take is that it's going to be quickly. Uh, again, SEC player of the year doesn't get talked about at all. Great shooter. I think he shot 42% or something like that from three with 90% from the line. So it backs it up. He can play make. He played out of position all year, playing pretty much small forward or shooting guard. He's a point guard by trait, probably a combo guard in the NBA. And he's long. He can play a little bit of defense. Interesting. What's it say about the – who's the, the other Kentucky guy? Tyrus Maxey quickly. And who's the third one? Oh, Ashton Higgins. <laughs> he's the one that played point guard, and he's the one that's the lowest of all. <laughs> yeah, he can't shoot. He cannot shoot. <laughs> that's interesting. That uh, they didn't give these other guys the ball instead of. <laughs> um, who is somebody like? Let's say at eighteen and thirty-one, if the Mavs drafted him, you'd be so mad, like you'd be furious. Who's the guy? 
man, <laughs> honestly, man, this is, this is an incredibly difficult question. I think I've watched too much that I can't even give anybody that. You're starting like, to talk yourself into all about. of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that. I would say honest, ah, this is so tough. Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith's my answer. I've mm. heard he's going first round. I, I don't have a first round grade on him. It has to be him. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's Jalen Smith, you know, power forward. You're kind of like, ah, he does like a lot of things decently well, but there's not one elite skill. It seems that you're bringing that would really help this team. I mean, where would he play? I guess he could back up, back up, you know, maxi, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's like one of those things where his tools are really nice. He can yeah. shoot, he can, you know, he's decently athletic, can protect the rim, but can he actually put it together? And he needs to add so much strength. Um, and I just don't know if he, you know, he's got the great feel for the game, things like that. So it's, uh, I, I'm skeptical on him. Mine is Balmaro. I would just be so mad just yeah. because he's a draft and stash guy. Like he could be totally great. And in two or three years, I'd be, you know, completely eating my words, but I would just be so upset <laughs> if they drafted him just to stash him for a couple of years. Uh, and maybe Poku too, because you just see that as, I just see that as an experiment. That's not going to work. Yeah. It's a cop out. It's a cop out to an yeah. extent. Which, you know, you're talking about this pick as, oh, everybody values this pick, and then you just spend it on a guy that you're taking this huge risk on. I don't know. I don't see the Mavs taking those huge risks yet, but um, what do you think about the top of the draft? I mean, it seems like we've talked so much about these guys, but, I mean, is it doesn't seem like Wiseman is going one to Minnesota. That seems like it's sailed. So it's either Edwards or LaMelo. Yeah, I... I go back and forth probably every hour I change who I think. <laughs> if I was in charge, I would take Lamelo. Uh, even though Anthony Edwards is my number one, I don't think you can fit Lamelo or uh, Edwards and Russell together. Interesting. But, um, if it was any other team, I'd probably say Edwards. The Warriors seem like it seems like it's Wiseman now, but you never uh, feels like we never know. It seems like they've been interested in every single player in the draft. If you were the Warriors, who would you take? I'd take Denny Avdia. He seems to be Ooh. every single thing that they loved about um, about Andre Iguodala. And no, it's not a comparison, but he's a two-way playmaker uh, that can't really shoot, but kind of could maybe hit an open three. Um, I just I feel like he fits that system perfectly. Yeah, he's like he's like the he's like a more athletic like playmaking big like Draymond, but he doesn't play that defense that well. <laughs> but you could see him you right. could see him in that sort of playmaking role like Draymond does. Um, who's the, who's the Anthony Bennett of this draft? Not necessarily a bust, but the guy that was, you know, seven through 10 or whatever, you know, in all mock drafts, ends up going number one that we would just be so shocked about. Who's your guy. If, if that was, the case? uh, I would go with the guy who has the most bust ability, but I would also love this guy in a Mavs uniform. Like it totally depends on where he goes. I'll go with Obi Toppin. Oh, so yeah. Just okay. Because, uh, I, I heard you talking about Obi Toppin the other day. Uh, that would be a guy I'd be frustrated about. If the Mavs traded up for Obi Toppin, I think I'd be more furious than if they took one of those drafts and stash guys. <laughs> See, I would, I Talk would actually be okay. I would be okay with trading up for him because I'm low on Obi Toppin. I have him at the end of a lottery grade. But if there was any team that could hide a defensive liability power forward that is like an off-ball player on, on offense, I think it's Dallas. Like The offense fits him perfectly. That's how Dayton was so good was because of his ability to be just elite off ball uh, and him with Luca would be just out of this world offensively. Um, but the defense, again, it would rely on a big if, which is, can you hide him? Which I, I trust in Rick Carlisle and Obi's a smart kid, um, but it is risky. It is definitely risky. I'm not trying to hide anybody anymore. 
Don't hi- I'm not trying to hide anybody under a bushel anymore. I want everybody totally exposed. Yeah. I feel like he would just come in and and halfway through the season we'd be like, man, now the Mavericks are just deciding between Dwight and Obi. Like who's who's gonna get minutes, right? It just feels like they'd be trying to decide that in the middle of the season. Right. And that is a worry that you could just be drafting Dwight Powell, which would be very underwhelming. Like, and I like Dwight Powell. Like, you know what I mean? Though, like, you don't take Dwight Powell. Top you don't 15. trade up like, for Dwight Powell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally out on that. Especially since, especially you see some, you know, like uh, evaluations of his defense and they're like, oh, he's always lost. Like, okay, well, that's not, that's not necessarily a guy I want to put on this team who desperately needs a defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're go- trying to get defense, do not even consider Obi Toppin. But if you're just trying to, like, you know, make the best offensive, best offense ever even better go ahead take him (laughs) what's your thoughts on rj hampton it feels like fans kind of want rj hampton he was you know he was going to be like one of the best players coming out of high school but what's your thoughts on him now i not for dallas not not a good fit with dallas at all uh not anything with the roster at all it's just he would not develop under rick carlisle that is probably the last coach that should be developing him who's really talented but not for dallas yeah, I feel like it would just take a while. Jaden McDaniels kind of feels like a guy like that to me as well. Yeah, which is weird because he has the tools that Dallas needs. But I again, not the place. Not not for him. It would just take a while, I think. Yeah. To get him up to speed. But I feel like it would be like a Brandon Ingram type situation where it would take that long to get him. And he wouldn't I don't even know if All Star is like his ceiling even. But Yeah. He's a nice starter, probably is the realistic ceiling. Like his yeah. tools are all star level, but I don't think he ever puts it together. He feels like Kyle Anderson to me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> no, any it's not, it's not any other draft takes you're, you're, you're desperately trying to get off or you're want to just oh, get off your yeah, chest yeah. before. Uh, let's yes. finish on that. Yeah. My hottest take. And, and I'm, I swear I'm not just doing this to have a hot take because I feel like every <laughs> year now I do, but the one I'm most passionate about, I'm all in on Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. Uh, I think he's the most overlooked player. He may not be a top 10 return, I have number 12 on my board, but I think you're getting a really just good player. He doesn't really do anything wrong. The only negatives on him that I've seen as to why he's not first round consensus is he played in the Syracuse zone, which I have no worries about considering he broke the zone to make the right play half the time. And then two, he's old. He's 22. I think maybe just turned 23, but you also really can't hold age like that. I feel like against players when the draft is this late. So I think he does everything else at a high level. I've my scouting report dropping today um, when you hear this. So it's uh, I'm, I'm all in on him. Isaac wants the oldest players in the draft. He's like Malachi <laughs> Flynn. What are you like? 25. Come on in. He's like, I'm ready for you. He wants the oldest guys. I'm, I'm like, just give me the right type of player. I don't even care if <laughs> yeah. they're supposed to go in that range, but he's all about the, the older players <laughs> for sure. That's what he's all about. So there you go. That is our draft talk. Hopefully they do something. I mean, feels like we're the cartoon man with the stick, like poking the maps, do something. <laughs> but nothing's nothing's even started yet. I guess they can make trades, but we didn't really expect the maps to make any real trades until the draft because they can't. They can't trade those picks until they make the moves. And so if they haven't, you know, leaked anything to reporters, like we wouldn't know. The maps may have already made a trade. We just don't know. So um, yeah, after 2017, where they wouldn't tell who they picked, I just you never know with this team. Uh, was, wasn't it, you know, Cuban that was like, if anyone tells yep. Woj what we're doing, they're fired, like straight, straight up fired. I remember walking into the draft room and like hearing him say that like, nobody take pictures, nothing like everything was so buttoned up. 
And uh, they took Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, <laughs> that was what they were hiding. <laughs> In hindsight, that did, that did not age well at all. <laughs> hey, he, they traded him for Kristaps Porzingis. Richard. True. Actually aged pretty well then. That actually worked out for him. So there you go. Uh, Richard, where can they find your stuff, all your profiles, and uh, where can they follow you? Yeah, at Mavsdraft on Twitter. Uh, been posting a bunch of team profiles and more scouting reports uh, for the next really until draft time. Even after draft, I'll be posting scouting reports uh, at Mavsdraft.com. There you go, Mavsdraft.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Wait, are we on the clock? Tell me you didn't just do that. We just got the number six pick, and no, we are not on the clock. Denver is on the clock. Okay, so we got six. Who are we picking at six? Rick, can you get Marvin on the phone now? Okay, come on. Let me get this straight. In the span of one day, you have managed to burn through three years' worth of number one and number two picks. Is that correct? Yeah. I quit, Sonny. Don't quit. I can't coach a team that doesn't have a future, Sonny. That's the way it works. I got Tom Michaels on the line. Sonny, are we trading six? Will everyone please just shut up?